you know, for a team that seems to have the same problems over and over and over and over again, they do at least do us the common courtesy of making sure they screw everything up in a slightly new flavor that gives us something new and weird to talk about. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a doozy. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. Hey, look, I'm sure you're a Chiefs fan watching this now. You probably didn't have a great time watching Bill's But at least you didn't drive down from Minnesota and then miss your podcast uh, because you're driving back to Minnesota after the game. It could be worse, I suppose, as uh, Seth Kaiser makes the long trek back up the Great White North. It's myself, Joshua Briscoe, alongside Nate Taylor with you here for this edition of Only Weird Games. Nate, how are you doing? <laughs> um, well, Josh, you know, sometimes it's about sacrifice and, and teamwork and accountability. And, you know, when when Seth can't be here, I know I gotta rise to the to the occasion, right? I have to be here to uh, to be both a reporter, an analyst, analyst, you know, I can't even talk. Um, you know, I'm coming off the COVID list, literally. Uh, shout out to our lovely folks at Sandlot, because, man, this hoodie is comfortable. Uh, <laughs> I am in my most comfortable state, willing to try to provide clarity and some proper perspective. Uh, well, you know, Josh just has the uh, the privilege, need I say the honor, Josh, of 10 hours of her husband complaining something to the effect of just why? I mean, I, I just I just pictured them in the car, these two lovebirds, and him going Nancy Kerrigan for 10 <laughs> straight hours. Why? Why, God? Does, why? Why did I do this to to myself? You know, why do I have such lovely friends who are welcoming? And, and why do I root for the team that just happens to have the best quarterback on earth? And why? Why didn't Kadarius Tony check with the down judge? Or why didn't the down judge check with Kadarius Tony? Or why did the most incredible football play just not count so look uh as some of you all know uh i i had i had the the vid it was not great um but i am here and uh yeah paul uh we we still here baby paul paul DeSantis, we still here we can we can have the virus and we can still be here hallelujah Thank you to the medical expertise. Um, but look, Josh, it's one thing to to be in the press box and be like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I see yellow, I see yellow handkerchief on the field. It's one thing to see that from the press box. 
it's another to see that thing go from touchdown to 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 yellow flag indicator on CBS's broadcast, and then to tell your eight year old son, "Hey man, hold on a second. Yeah, but they're probably gonna lose now. But <laughs> they're they're probably gonna lose. So, um, I'm ready to give all my thoughts because I, I I chose to try to rest. And I really wasn't on Twitter much yesterday. Uh, I still wrote a story for The Athletic. Um, and, and obviously my my great editor, Mike Samson, was uh, was was obviously just just great to deal with. Just like, hey, like, you know, can't be there. But obviously you're going to write as best you can. And um, yeah, I, I think I missed the game of the season. And that's kind of wild. But at the same time, at least I have all of us to uh to really give i think proper perspective not just about yesterday but as a season overall and then really what it means moving forward um because these next four weeks aren't just the season um they're also about like the future of the mahomes era to an extent in my opinion oh i love that i love a good big picture swing uh, and I think calling it the game of the season ends up being fair, not because it was the best game of the season, no fun game of the season, nope. But but it may have been the most all encompassing game of the season, the most quintessential game of the Chiefs year, uh, because it did have a bunch of our favorite players: self inflicted mistakes, referee drama, uh, questionable placement by at least three different receivers at various times here and there. So. We have a lot of things that feel relatively normal at this point. Things that would have formerly been weird that are now kind of like, yeah, just things that happen during Chiefs games. Um, which is why, even though I, it's not the thing I want to spend the most of the show on, I think it's at least the most newsworthy, especially, and man, I, I, I don't know how you even process not being there for pressers yesterday, Nate. Because I have never seen Patrick Mahomes like that on the sideline. Mm-hmm. I have never heard Andy Reid like that at a podium, and I have never mm-hmm. heard Patrick Mahomes like that at a podium. And I've never heard a ceiling tile fall on a couple members of the media during Chris Jones's time at the podium. These are all things that, that happened after the game, at least the first two related to the refereeing. The third one, I don't know, that maybe that one's about getting that uh, that tax bill passed pretty soon to uh, start those arrowhead renovations. I'm not sure. Maybe they thought they can cuss Todd Lebo. They could uh, get some points in the polls. I don't, I don't know. Hey, hey, they said, hey, where, where they at? Where they at? Where they at? Okay. Hey, you ready to, you ready to pop it? Pop okay. it. Move, move a little to the right. <laughs> move a little to the right. <laughs> pop it on them. <laughs> like the ceiling tile. <laughs> like, thank you, uh, Pass Lou. Yes, the, the, the ring kind of came in. Uh, yeah, the sky is literally falling in Arrowhead. Perhaps on the season, perhaps on a 50-year-old stadium that's, you know, they tell us is iconic and historic. And, like, the house that Lamar Hunt built. Hey, hey pop pop the ceiling. Like, there, there's no better time than now. Hey, you up there? You up there? Pop it on him. Pop it on him. You see Talibo? Yeah, I got eyes on Talibo. Are we ready? Pop it on him. Like, like also, by the way, PJ Green from uh, I believe Box Four was the one who caught 
a ceiling tile on a hero in probably a more left of a drop percentage in the Chiefs receivers this season. Can I say that? Definitely. No question. No question. Now, look, he's only had one one ceiling target this year. Yeah, one for one. But he's one for one. He caught it. I mean, he prevented maybe a hospital bill or two. Um, yeah. So there's two examples I'll give kids about Patrick Mahomes and his anger, uh, his his fury. There are two times in my time covering the Chiefs where he had a similar level of, uh, yeah, an angle of a level of anger that was seedy. Right, that was apoplectic. Um, the first example, and nobody remembers this because it was not on camera, and I think it actually took Patrick a little bit of time to sort of come to grips with the fact that it was the 2018 AFC Championship game. No one saw this. This was only in the locker room. Yes, you could describe it as passion. Um, utterly distraught that they lost that game in the AFC Championship game to the New England Patriots in overtime after they didn't score at all in the first half. And it was only behind, you know, the television cameras. And what's so fascinating about that is he has to sort of stomach it all. Uh, Maybe less than, like, 30 feet away from him is D Ford, who's contemplating the, like, perhaps the biggest moment of his career. Um, for also being offsides. Um, and then, of course, he gets the knock. And they say, hey, Tom Brady wants to talk to you. And he goes, wait, what? You know, and so that's when him and Tom really build their relationship is Tom Brady coming to him and saying, like, I know you're frustrated, but, like, you are you are doing things so well at such an early stage of your career like, I'm almost giving you Jedi Knight training as we speak. Like, I'm like, you are my young Padawan, even though I cannot let you win another game. Oh. <laughs> the second time that I've seen Patrick Mahomes is upset, and this is, I think, instructional for where the season might go next, right? It is the 2019. I remember we did the podcast on Times Ours the day after. Uh, it's 2019 when they lose to the Tennessee Titans. Mm. And guys, as I said before, the man entered the locker room from the shower area, right? So he's in one corner of the room. He is drinking a plastic bottle of water in the most furiated way I've ever seen a human drink a, a bottle of water. I mean, just squeezing it. So the life is out of it. But also, no drops of water. No drips, no drops. Takes it all in, doesn't say anything, just just kind of eyes everybody. He has great peripheral vision. We all know this. Um, he probably noticed that I noticed that like I probably shouldn't talk to him, but man, he is what does that water bottle do to you? Um, <laughs> and of course, he's coming back, if people forget, he's coming back from a dislocated kneecap. And which he threw a jump pass to McCole Hartman to save the game that ultimately was doomed by special teams errors. So all the way from one corner of the locker room to the opposite diagonal corner of the locker room doesn't say anything. Just just takes his anger out on a bottle of water while never while never letting a 
drip of it go. They never lost a game in the 2019 season. Now, you may say, Nate, this ain't 2019. And I'm saying, baby, you right. <laughs> the point is, this is the first time he's shown the same amount of frustration and anger and cursing um, in public. He's never done that before. And sure, you could say that the target is, you got to put the anger somewhere and it's better to let it out than to internalize it. Um, but man, that, that wasn't great. That wasn't great, Josh. And so who's right? The referees are right. The officiating is right. The rule book is right. And the season comes down to how, how do these guys respond? How do these guys understand that they had they have they mentally broke yesterday because their head coach and their quarterback, their top two leaders, mentally broke, even though there's physical evidence to say he's all sides. He cannot be more all sides. He's all sides. And maybe it's fortunate that they get the New England Patriots in the rebound game, but they have to figure out a way to respond, and I think it makes the season, the depth of the season even more because now we're in a place where they have to shift through their own issues and they're really forced to address them in a way that they have never had to do before in the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid era when it comes to offense and a lack of execution and ultimately a lack of concentration. Um, but I, I've seen Patrick Mahomes upset before. It's just the rest of the world didn't see it until yesterday. And how they respond is going to be really, really fascinating moving forward. Yeah, and, uh, and look, I don't want to... I, I If we can get away from the offsides call within the first like 15 minutes of this show, that would be a win for me. Because uh, I was a post-game show, and that did not go away in the first 15 minutes last night. Um, <laughs> but, like, the Dan Orlovsky video that we just, you know, I both watched a little bit before the show, um, that one's a little spicy, where it's it's Dan Orlovsky saying, yes, Kadarius Tony was lining up offsides all night, and the refs never said anything, apparently. And that's kind of frustrating, because mm -hmm. you're lining up offsides all night, and you get called for it on what ends up being the biggest play of the game, but you never got called for it on any you know, putzing around second and three or whatever. Uh, before that, you yeah. see some consistency there, and it seems mm -hmm. like that's where a lot of the frustration came from. Uh, and then also Andy Reid talking today about the communication process with refs, never hearing anything about that until that moment. And also, Darius Tony was lined up really far offside. Creed Humphrey brings the ball back like half a yard. Tony's lined way up. He kind of like gestures at the ref. He's supposed to be on the line. It wasn't really him checking and getting confirmation. Right. That out isn't really there. But on Andy Reid's post-game presser, my my like hot take of the Monday is, I guess it was my hot take last night. Too. Um, <laughs> Mahomes is getting a lot of flack in the like the, the video where he's still cursing and talking about the, the call when he's having his handshake moment with Josh Allen. It doesn't look great. It's not great. Well, I, in, I think I think Josh Allen goes to Patrick to say what like he wants more clarification, right? 
Yeah. Um, because what's funny, I think to Josh Allen's naked eye, he can't tell right where the infraction is. So I think he goes to Patrick to say, good game. Obviously, there's a ton of respect, admiration. They don't even say all that. That's the mumbo jumbo. They've said that like six times. The, the, the issue is, hey, Tom, what they say to you? What they say? You get an explanation? I couldn't deal. Like, and then it's it's not Josh's fault for him to be curious. Yeah. It just absolutely happens. it just so happens that like it it like reignited Patrick again, and then you saw what happened, which is him saying it was a terrible bleeping call. And um But it is here. Like, oh no. <laughs> like tell I Cody that his foot. Um I'm gonna give a quick shout out to Holly real quick, uh, who's had to do her normal work week. Well, obviously dealing with my nonsense. And I said, look, it's a multi billion dollar industry, y'all. We know you won't draft kings. We know you won't fan duel. Okay? Ideally, just draft kicks. We know you won't bet MGM, but mostly draft kicks, okay? If you go split it up, draft kicks got to get 50%, right? If bet MGM and, and and them other dudes, they get the 25, right? But, like, I'm saying that because bet MGM is the athletic sponsor and draft yeah. kicks. It's, it's for this show. So, thank you, Lord DraftKings. With that being said, hey, man, it's a multi-billion dollar industry where the Ball is it round? But where is his foot? The whole industry comes down to where is his foot? (laughs) And do guys of a certain age know where to spot the ball? Okay. And hey, bring the chains out. (laughs) That's that's an exact scientific factual way. A measure line to gain. If necessary, and, grab a note card, fold it in half. In possession of who has the football. Bring the chain game out. Okay. Actually, get up get off me with your AI. Get off me with your cyber tech, your chip in the ball, your next gen tracking data. No. Where is his foot? It is his foot where the football is. Is it parallel to the football? Okay. Like but you would think, you know, in a sport called football, that might actually be a good thing. Maybe that's what Tony thought. Multi billions of dollars were decided potentially. Because where's Kadarius Tony's foot? Now, with that being said, Josh, can I can I can I bring it to a level that no one has said or thought about quite yet? Okay. Yeah, please. Can I bring it here before we move on from from Footgate? Yeah, Kadarius Tony's foot. Now look, Darius, the ball's right there, baby. You just gotta, you just gotta peek. Give it a little peek, baby. Give it a little, give it a little peek. Josh, is it Andy Reid's responsibility to tell Kadarius Tony where his foot should be before the play starts? Not, not in that sense. No, no, no. I mean, like Andy Reid has to worry about when they go blitz us. Yeah, and yeah. It's like Kadarius Tony is like high school coach or elementary school coach or whatever, probably. And then you, yeah. hey, hey. Um, and of course, Andy's upset because, as Darren Orlovsky pointed out, and you so eloquently described, he's been doing it all game. So if you ain't got an issue with it in the second quarter or the third quarter, don't come at me with this idea that, like, now he's offsides. Okay, from a human standpoint, 
I understand and I empathize with you. But also, coach, he not barely offside. He not an inch or two, like he said today. His whole foot is covering the football. That's why homeboy had to go, hold up. Is this foot where the football? They try. Mike Carr is like, they not trying me. I'm the devil judge. Don't try me in the biggest moment of the game. Oh, no. Um, when, when, when the rep has to do the hold up. <laughs> when you have to lean to yeah, all is back there. It's the ref's like, all right, yep, second down. Yep, 11 guys on the field. Yep, C7 on the line. Hold up. Where's the football? Where's the football? I can't see it. Um, there is Tony's whole foot, but where's the ball? So, it's not in your east job. Is it Patrick Mahomes' job? Tell Canary say where to put his foot in? Not by an inch, no. Not by three no. inches, no. No. Mahomes is like, who's the mic? What coverage are they in? What is the down and distance? Where is my initial read? Josh, whose job is it, baby? To tell Canary's Tony where his foot got to be or where he needs to adjust in the middle of the game. I would like for Canarius Tony to look at the football and realize it's probably his responsibility to get not offside. That's not what I asked you, baby. I mean, it's, it's, you're right. Yeah. But also. Make this about, you'll make this about position coaches. What's the receiver coach supposed to do? I would, I would think that, you know, you got those tablets on the sidelines. You know the one that Joe Cole Uh smashed? Yeah. I, I would think that part of the point of having a position coach on the sideline with the tablet during game day would be to see things like Kadarius Tony lining up offsides every single play, uh, and then maybe to note that and tell him to scoot back a little, just, 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 a, little, just a little scooch. Hey, back. Hey, Kadarius, come here, dog. Hey, man, you 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 read a hell of a play on, on, on the first series. I know we didn't score, but that was a hell of a Terrell Davis impression, impersonation. I mean, you got upfield, you cut it up, and I tell you, baby. Now look here, real quick before we go back out there, see where the ball is. I just want to. Did the refs say anything? Okay, forget the refs. Just like trust me on this. All right, see where Rasheed Rice is. He 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 right there. You see where he is. Now now let me let me give it better for you. Now here's the sharpie. Okay, the blue line, the blue line here is is the line of scrimmage. You're you're here. All right. Um, now, Justin. Now, Justin Watson's on the green line. Okay, um, I just want you to be right here. All right. Remember, um, I'm kind of inbred. It's my first time doing this. Please trust me. Okay. Please trust me. I I don't want to get look. I don't want to get yelled at on Monday by Andy. Okay. All right. You know what happens? I get yelled at if you make a mistake. You know how many times I've been yelled at because y'all dropped the ball. <laughs> just trust me on this, baby. You own the blue line. Clay. So look. I don't know when we're going to talk to Connor Embry again, but I do know what. That's his responsibility. Everybody else did the job well, except for Kadarius Tony. That's your, you're the position coach. That's your responsibility. It's a minor teaching point that you are supposed to give him. Whether that happened, I don't know. I'm just yeah, saying. He had offside reps in the first half. They could have talked about it at halftime. Half-time. Think it's happened on the side yes. list. Yes. You know, look. I don't know what uh, Chris Jones and Joe Cullen talked about, all right? At least they were talking. But they were talking, and <laughs> somebody talking. somebody made a point. Yep. And if the player disagrees with it, cool. I did my job, Coach. When we had a coach's meeting Sunday night or early Monday morning at 5 a.m., 
you you bet not yell at me because look they got cbs got me i was on chris okay when I mean, you see what happened they didn't get another touchdown okay because chris got up in that you know what now you that look this is the greatest argument for eric Bieniemy's absence yes yes the lack of the coordinator coming down to the to the to the and i saw this all the time the coordinator come down to the position coach and be like hey we good I'm thinking about doing this, this, and this, or AD wants this, or me and Patrick have talked about this. Now that we set him up with this, but just, just hey, just so you know, if he holds, it ain't gonna be you and him. It's gonna be me and him next. Okay, so I just want to remind people that like there, it's it's both small, but it's also so grand because it involves everybody. And the idea that Kadarius Tony could do that for an entire game and not. And not be coach. Yes. Coach. I mean, I, thank you for saying it. I mean, look, again, I wasn't there. I wasn't at the game yesterday. I don't have the ability to see what the conversations on the sideline are the way I am for all the other games this season. But it's there. That's the last point I wanted to make is that, like, it is both the player and the coaching staff. And it's not totally Andy Reid's issue because that's why you have assistant coaches but either he's not coaching the assistant coaches well enough or the assistant coaches aren't being as thorough in their coaching points to the players or the players are just negligent and so and all that's all bad yeah and, and, and I, th- I just think Connor Emery's probably involved because you would have to assume at some point you're a position coach there for a reason, both small and big, but your whole responsibility is that position. And we're going to get to, don't worry, Ross, we're going to get to the accountability piece. Um, but that that's just the last thing I want to say is what Dan Arlovsky showed you is if he can see that, Connor Emery's got to see that, or Matt Nagy's got to see that, or somebody like, I don't know, Joe Blaine the the pass game coordinator. Like somebody's got to see that and get that to Kadarius. And if they did, cool but if y'all didn't then like that's just as that's just as bad oh coaching as it is the ref saying well we saw it all game but you didn't warn us but we saw it all game why'd you choose to do it now but we saw it all game why didn't you warn him because it was egregious this is also the first time that carl sheffers has said something on the record where i've been like wow that's that's not the same man i read it said an accurate quote. <laughs> it's so egregious. We do not have to give. We don't have to give a warning. Wow, guys, this guy is so low that Carl Chaffers is winning. He's beating you guys. Not because Matt Derrick had to. He, he he had to begin his final question, and as he was the pool reporter there, Matt had to start his final question with. with I'm paraphrasing. I don't even running me, but it was very very close to. And I'm asking this respectfully. Just because Andy Reid said it was embarrassing, but dot dot dot. Like, uh, that's where yeah. we were at. That my my last little thing on just like the Reid post game side and and Mahomes post game. That Nate is a fabulous point and a devastating one because it's another tangible coaching problem. But I I have some amount of of empathy for Reid and Mahomes there from a precedent standpoint. Where if you have literally and and according to the Sports Center graphic last night. Andy Reid has never had offensive offsides called as a head coach in the National Football League. He's been a head coach for 
a minute. I just have to check my watch. <laughs> you know, and, 25 years. And if give, you... Give or take. If you see referees essentially break protocol and throw a flag on something you've literally never seen in your combined careers as reading Mahomes, man, I understand that you're walking around going, what the bleep just happened? Like, I... That's just not something that gets called. I saw the flag go up, and as uh, the the reality set on me, I thought, oh, great. Is this going to be a Juwan Taylor illegal formation? Is mm. that going to be the thing mm. here? I did not expect offsides offense number eight or number 19. Three, that three, yeah. is wild. That, again, we don't do that very often. Apparently, it's going around the league more now, but Andy Reid said today that that was they got in training camp when they have the refs in and all that. But so I, I understand that. I also think the response would have been almost exactly the same if you flipped the orders of identical Bills and Packers games. The The MVS no-call was the egregious no-call of the Chiefs last couple of weeks. That The, the defensive pass interference should have absolutely been called pass interference. Yep. But Mahomes even said post-game, you know, oh, last week I didn't really say anything about all that because I don't want to be talking about the refs, but now here we are. I think if the Bills game happens first and the Packers game goes exactly the same way that it did originally... I think that's when all of the fury is coming out and they probably wear it a little better because everyone would have been like, yeah, man, that's that's P.I. The other thing, Mahomes is getting more of the of the grief for it, but I thought he handled his postgame pressers last night much better than Andy Reid did. Andy oh, Reid straight up, yeah, no question. He, he, he yes. next questioned real reasonable questions. The aforementioned and then later uh, allegedly concussed Todd Lebo had the gall to ask about the lateral on what would have been the most notable play of the NFL season if it had counted. And Andy Reid said, I can't believe you're even asking me that right now. Next question. And that's a crazy response for an adult and a longtime head coach to no question, a, a question about another part of the game. I understand that he's seeing red. He is so blind with rage. The only thing he can think about is the refs. But like, that's kind of a tough look for a head coach. And I, I know Mahomes was, was, was pissed. He was ready to go for his post-game presser before Andy Reid was. I think Lebo or Matt Derrick called him that. Um, and, and he was ready to go. Mahomes did not want to be there. He did not want to be having that conversation. He literally out of the stadium. But he stood up there and kind of like talked through his feelings and tried to give thoughtful answers while being deeply frustrated. And Andy Reid was hitting the skip button on the rest of his press conference. Just, come on, let's get through this thing. And and that that to me was maybe the, the most inelegant look of the night. Um, Mahomes being held back on the sidelines, not ideal, not what you want. Um, but Mahomes post game, I thought was fine. And, and maybe he'll walk it back a little bit on Wednesday, like Reed did a little bit mm -hmm. today. Um, but that I think just, that's one other aspect of it that was, that was interesting to me on your original point there though, Nate, with it being coaching, you asked Andy Reed today in his Monday zoom, you, you brought a perfectly, perfectly sized quill and, and scroll to ask, say, coach, you're, you're known as a as a coach who is um, really detail oriented. So, what the hell is happening here? You phrased it better than I did. Now I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> um, but but what did you get from him on that one? And, and what do you think the the reasonable answers actually are? Because we heard a lot of the same stuff again from Andy Reid today. Yeah, um, you know what most people will say about a team that consistently has penalties at the inopportune time. That turns the ball over. Oh, shout out to the to the. Uh... What like what happened there? They did a thumbs up and a little bubble pop. Uh, uh my Mac. Did you say COVID? Going... Put a little mask over your face. <laughs> well, okay. Let me let me do this in the numeric uh better way. Obviously, consistent penalties. 
a team that has turnovers, more games with turnovers than not turnovers. Um, a team that struggles to score in the fourth quarter. Balloons are, for those listening later, balloons are surrounding Nate for some reason. <laughs> and a team that consistently struggles with uh, concentration, lack of execution, i.e. drops. We would say that's an undisciplined, un, like not coached well team. We would. We would say that, especially if it had been continuing from week one through yesterday. Week 14. So, <laughs> Nate's laptop is pulling a cheats wide receiver mistake. It's just <laughs> uh, amazing. So, look, with everything that's been said, how can you fix this? We have all identified the problem. How does a Hall of Fame coach fix it? And his short-term answer today was, I am a teacher. I have to continue to teach. My players have to continue to work. I understand that. But they have a systematic issue that what's the what's the most objective way I could say this? They have a they have a legitimate issue that cannot and probably most likely will not be solved one hundred percent. But the reason why I asked that question today was because for much of the last week, especially after the Green Bay game, a large segment of the team just wanted to disregard that loss because they could easily point to a egregious pass pass interference penalty that wasn't called. He's off sides. And what are you, like, how does the coach get the team to rally around the idea of trusting one another playing for one another and then having the accountability to say that you're going to do that consistently over and over and over and over again. And it's got to start at the top because that's the way Andy Reid has always built his team culture. You know, there's a reason why he doesn't, um, you know, publicly criticize players that much. And there's a reason why he says after every loss, it's my responsibility. Did he say that yesterday, Josh? I actually did not hear him say that yesterday. That's- he didn't say it yesterday. They got real problems, y'all. Legitimate problems. They are getting outside of the character of who they are, who their coach wants them to be. And look, I love Jerry McKinnon. But I'm prompted. You cannot say, man, that the refs had it out for us, huh? I'm sorry. You can't do that. So the reason why I asked the question is, um, is Andy going to be willing to admit fault? And is he going to be willing to build accountability back with himself, back with his coaching staff and see if it cascades down to the rest of the team? Um, Because you have a reputation and you guys are living it up to it 
and somebody's got to be willing to ask the question why. And whether or not they do that is the next four weeks because they should win the next four weeks. They should win out and have a little bit of confidence before they most likely will not will not play a quarterback the rest of the way who started for their team in week one so i mean it, it's it's just got to be a point where i think accountability becomes an issue and again it's a change of character um than what you know they've been and what the coach has sort of always emphasized so when the coach is making this level of um, of a of an, an abrupt change of tendencies, um, and he you know chooses not to bench players, then yeah, uh, it, it seems to be the only question that I didn't know what the answer was going to be today, and so that's why I asked it. I think it's really interesting, and we'll talk about some of the other mistakes, the other things that went wrong, maybe a couple things that went right, because as Andy mm-hmm. Reid has said a couple times now, like there were some good things in this game, it wasn't enough to overcome what went wrong, uh, but there's a lot more that we will continue to dissect refs removed from it all we'll do that when we come back what's up Chiefs kingdom this is tucker franklin from kc sports network thank you for listening to today's show make sure to follow us and subscribe for more chiefs content wherever you get your podcast if you want to support us further you can shop the latest collection of kc sports network merch in partnership with sandlot goods you can find hats shirts hoodies and more at sandlotgoods.com you can click the link in the description for more information this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a very busy time, and it can also be a time of giving to your family or to your community. It can also be a time of a little bit of extra added stress possibly to your life, whether it's from holiday travel, financial stress, or from being around your family that can add extra stress to your life. You might be extra focused on giving to your family or to your community, and maybe losing a little bit of giving to yourself. The holidays are always a great time to give to others, but sometimes it might be better to sometimes focus on yourself as well. So whether that's by starting therapy or going easy on yourself during tough moments or maybe treating yourself to a day of rest, remember to give yourself some extra love during this holiday season. Therapy can be a great way to give yourself that extra love. It can make you feel grounded. It can help you remove some extra stress maybe from your life or help release burdens that you might have. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com KCSN for 10% off your first month. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm going to go offense or defense first. Nate, I think there's, there's stuff to talk about on both sides. Uh, let's go defense because um, does Joe Cullen need to scream like that every time? <laughs> yeah, I'm good with it. I'm good with it with it with Chris Jones, Joe Cohen, yeah. little uh, dust up on the sidelines every week. If that's the result, yeah. Does just Joe? Does does Chris Jones need to yell at Joe Cohen every week? <laughs> that's where we are. Oh, uh, no! Like uh, I thought, Nick Bolton um, got into a rhythm. It took him about a quarter and a half, in my opinion. Um, so look, it was smart for the Bills to sort of attack the middle of the field, um, especially with play action. That was the first touchdown. Uh, we sort of gave you guys the the preview for that. Um, who knew? You know, hey, if I want to openly question, hey, what's Connor Henry doing, or what's his responsibilities? I at least have to say that, man. I don't know what Dave Maris doing, but Jamari yes. Potter was the completely different player this week. We got to stop saying Dave Merritt's name out loud because he shouldn't be here next year. He should be but, getting promotions as often as people want to give him to. Guys, Jamari Carter played like well, like really well. Um, the 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 crazy thing about this is, and I know there's been discussions about, hey, Chris Jones, like you know, if the if the offseason goes a bit differently, how does how different is the entire receiving room or just the roster and just the overall tenor of the season? I think that's something that Kent and Matt have continued to discuss on the on the laboratory, and I understand why. But we're also forgetting that, like a unprecedented luxurious need season is kind of starting to be wasted now because Stefan Diggs didn't want to run routes anymore in the fourth quarter. Didn't want to run them. I don't want to run routes against this guy. I hate this guy. He annoys me. <laughs> I'm fed up. Dude, I'm getting old, okay? I'm 30, all right? Stop punching me on every play. Like, Stefan Diggs in luxurious need had a great tussle for a quarter. And then Stefan didn't want to fight anymore. He's just like, man, come on, dog. Like, come on. So, Legereus Need is having an unreal season and it's getting lost. Um, I don't know. Should I s- early down with Matt Dickerson? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what Neil Farrell did. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. What, what I'll give you one. Yeah, I'll, what else you have, Josh? I fully expected that the way that, and they did this to some extent. I should have, you know, if I would have been smarter, my DraftKings probably I could have probably fine tuned this. But I have photographic evidence that my thought for the Bills' offense in this game was going to be go for the middle of the field, feed your tight ends, and ultimately, as I should have been thinking about before the game, your running backs through the passing game. Because yeah. you don't have your best coverage linebacker in Drew Tranquil, having right. Bolton back, you know, some some ups and downs, notwithstanding in the missed sack. You know, Josh Allen will do that to you, but also, oh, you had him. Oh, you had him. Those are those are so tough to let go, I would imagine, as a defender. You, the moment right. you're working for all week is quarterback. 
Same, same with Trick McDuffie. Trick McDuffie yeah. is like, he's not supposed to move like this. Yeah. yeah, and that's frustrating, and it's also, you know, kind of Josh Allen. But when when your best coverage linebacker isn't out there and you have been spending most of your season with just one of your top two linebackers out there, having Drew Tranquil return to this defense and, fingers crossed, knock on wood, salt over the shoulder, maybe Drew Tranquil and Nick Bolton play together again at Woo! some point. Um, it, like the only thing that the Bills tried to pick on is suddenly fixed. Um, safety play. You mentioned Shamari Connor, Brian Cook. I on IR now officially. That was yeah. the corresponding move with Nick Bolton. I'd imagine we don't see him again this year, but they haven't. The Chiefs haven't said that, so I don't know. Um, we're also pretty late in the game, so you know, four weeks to eight weeks suddenly the season. Yeah, it's, it's gonna like. I don't know if it's fair to 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 Brian Cook for Brian Cook for anyone to expect him back. Unless they make like the AFC Championship game, and even then, you might still be wondering about snap allocation and and um, is he in rhythm? And again, the the intensity and the the, I mean, coming back from early December to like playoff football is not ideal, especially for a player who's young and doesn't have a ton of experience in the postseason in general. Um, so yeah, it might it, it you know I think it is fair, Josh, to say that like. It's okay if you don't expect Brian Cook to be another, you know, factor for the rest of the season. But it is impressive that with a week's time, you know, Chamari Connor didn't make this level of jump, um, knowing that he's going to get more snaps as the season goes along. And I think seeing more of him is probably a, a good thing for the long haul anyway. Um, Mike Edwards is moving up a spot, obviously. Mm-hmm. John Bush only played three defensive snaps, played a bunch of special team snaps. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me if he got a, an actual like roster contract after all of his call-ups are done, although he's probably close to that now. Um, didn't they have to call him up earlier in the year for a game? I, I can look that up here in a minute. Like, I'm not it, sure off the top of my head. Not that important. Um, <laughs> but you, but you, have a, you have a safety who, while he was the odd man out and after training camp, you have a safety who did play safety in your defense last year in addition to the rest of those guys. So, like, I feel I feel pretty good about all of that. Um, and I have spent a little bit of time thinking about the future of the Chiefs because mm. that's the sort of thing that, that this game will uh, will lead you to eventually. And I don't I don't really want to think about this defense without Chris Jones. And it really is frustrating that mere competence on offense and this team is the flying away favorite to win the AFC because of how good that defense is. Yeah. Um, and that's also with you know, once, and again, this is a credit to Steve Spagnuolo and Joe Cullen and again, Chris Jones, because I think he's in these conversations just as much as like Patrick Mahomes is with Andy Reid and Matt Nagy, right? In terms of how do you want to attack the opposing quarterback? Um, so Chris Jones moved around a little bit more as the game went along. That freed some things up for, you know, George Karloftis, for Charles Aminihu. They each got a sack. Um, so they have a legitimate pass rush. Um, when given the opportunity, especially when a team has to throw the ball and everybody in the stadium knows it, which is where you want to lean on your on your pass rush. So Spagnuolo didn't have to blitz a ton in the second half the way he did in the first half where he felt like, man, we're chasing it. We're, we're, we're trying to keep the offense afloat, and I know if I speed up Josh Allen, maybe something good will happen. Now, yes, you got the interception with uh, Chamari Cotter, which I think was a great play by Willie Gay because his entire job was to spy Josh Allen, so that he would throw the football and not run, you know, for a seven-yard gain. Um, if you watch that replay, Willie Gay points back to the coaching staff and says, yes, like the fact that I prevented him from running increased our chances because he threw the football in the traffic. 
um, for Jamari Cotter to make a, a really nice interception. Um, man, they they still struggle against the play action pass. Um, it's going to be a little bit different with the, with the New England Patriots up next. Uh huh. <laughs> but they actually weren't bad against the run, and I don't. I mean, times will say it this year where it's like the opposing team did not score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And they lost. Like, this is, I mean, the Green Bay Packers were forced to two field goals in the fourth quarter, and they won. The Buffalo Bills were forced to a field goal in the fourth quarter, and they won. They only gave up one touchdown to the Eagles in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, and they won. Um, We don't even have to talk about the Denver Broncos because, I mean, my goodness, five turnovers. Um... But yeah, I mean, in all these games, the defense has actually never been like the issue. Like we have yet to see a, if maybe this is the funny part, maybe we would have saw it had the Kadarius Tony touchdown counted because it would have forced Josh Allen into a gotta win touchdown drive with less than two minutes left. They have not had to deal with a quarterback outside of what Tua Tunga Baloa, and that was to just potentially tie the game or. If they score a touchdown, hey, maybe you contemplate going for two in Germany. They haven't had the they haven't been pushed. Like the defense has not been pushed this year to be like, all right, guys, it's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they have the ball, and it's kind of one of those games where the last team who has the ball wins. Good luck. Like they've given the offense time and time again opportunities to be heroic. Um and, and I, I have to imagine it's frustrating because so many of the guys, and I understand this, like, yeah, from a human standpoint, so many of the guys yesterday, Josh, wanted to be the best teammates they can for the offense, where they just say, man, that that play by Travis is is is, is incredible. Man, you know, they, they really took away one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. And, hey, you know, if we just don't have that penalty, you know, we're right in it. So it's – um. It's something where even without his best 11, or let's say his best 14, you know, based on who rotates, Steve Spagnuolo and the defense still got the job done, and you hold that offense to 20 points, you got to win that game. There's just no, um, there's just really no way around that. It's deeply frustrating. So let's go back to the offense. Uh, The first 58 minutes of it, ideally. Tony Romo was on it early. His quarterbackness really came through. <laughs> in um, where I don't even know if he ended up talking about the MVS one, but Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice both had um, route misjudgments by Romo's eye, and then the MVS deep shot—not a you know massive deep shot, but would have been a first down. I think it was uh, th- that whole sequence was infuriating. We can also talk about Rasheed Rice putting the ball on the ground, which is not ideal. not great, not great. But the uh, the MVS one, uh, I saw the dots for during the game. And MVS is just curling it off and just chugging at full speed right toward another MF in safety. And he's just heading that way. And Mahomes throws the ball. And in real time, it's like, oh, Mahomes put it behind him. That's kind of weird. No, it's not. not. Because there was, <laughs> there was some acreage right there that if 11... Just tur- now, he won't understand what we're talking about here, of course. But if Eleven just slows up right there and squares up and just waits for that football to come out of the rocket arm of your two-time MVP, <laughs> champion, if you just sit in space, there you go. It's uh, a first down on third and twelve. 
That's Guys. what it would have been. Instead, they end up punting. Uh, and that was, man, this this is the drive for me. This is the, It was the fourth offensive drive for the Chiefs. This is the drive for me. Because second and 18, um, can't find any, or he tries uh, Richie James downfield. No, Richie James drops a dime. Oh, Absolute oh. dime. I got to change my highlight color on that one. That was green on my Google Doc, and that was not a green play. Everyone's learning about my real-time uh, note-keeping. <laughs> Third and 18, you get Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey, 23 yards. It felt like a moment. It felt like Arrowhead maybe started bubbling a little bit. It's like, all right, we're getting a little bit of Chiefs offense again. And then uh, Justin Watson does the Justin Watson thing from whatever, weeks four through eight or something. Kind of that mid-season Justin Watson of, all right, another little chunk play. Five gets bottled up, loses two on first down. Second and 12, Kadarius Tony drops it. Would have been eight, nine, 10 yards, probably gives you third and short. Yep. But hey, you know what? Third and 12, MBS has grass. Mahomes has him. And he just keeps running towards the sea. And if we have to talk about what MBS said on Friday, they, they ended up making the rounds courtesy of mm-hmm. PJ Green, box four. And uh, then MBS's response to PJ after posting the video when MBS could not believe what the guy in that video said, I mean, he must have been absolutely beside himself. Um, that has only grown to irk me more and more yeah. uh, because he was playing dumb while PJ was trying to ask a question in a generally kind way when the truth of, it, of the matter, the most factual possible way of asking that question would have been much more rude than the way that PJ did it. MBS on Twitter after the fact claims that he didn't like the way PJ asked the question, so that's why he responded the way that he did, which I think is a load of it. But... Uh, I hey, whoa, 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 whoa. hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. Hey, man, I'm just looking at the roster sheet. Who, who the most experienced veteran in the wide receiver room? Like, who, who got the most leadership? You know, stripes on the, on the, on the, on the shoulders. Yeah, I thought it would have been the guy who played with Aaron Rodgers for three or four years, and now it is in year two with Patrick Mahomes. But apparently, I was dead ass wrong because he doesn't want it. He honestly, he and I hate. I don't want it. This he doesn't. MVS doesn't want it. He does not want to be the, the leader. He does not want to be the, the, the spokesperson of that room. He, he doesn't want it because he got asked a, a question about his season not going very well. And he right. said, this is how all my seasons go. What are you talking about? And I don't think that's quite the dunk you want it to be, man. It's so frustrating. But, 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 but so frustrating and disingenuous. And that's what really pisses me off. Disingenuous really makes me mad. But coach talks about like accountability. Coach yeah. talks about like oh, yeah. playing for your accountability for your teammates and and, yeah. and like and Patrick says, look, I just got to do better, you know, even if the throw is on the money. Oh, <laughs> belly button. <laughs> like, like, uh, you know, he's tra- look yeah, on Andy Reid. La- you know, last week Andy Reid ta- asked about MVS. He didn't play dumb. He was like, yeah, you know, it's tough. We discussed this at the time. He said, well, you know, MVS just needs to get in the flow a little more. He played, 33, he played 33% of the snaps yesterday. I, I told you at the time, like, obviously Andy was lying there because he has nothing else he can say about mm-hmm. a horrible season from his veteran receiver. Uh, but but he, he did not get in the flow playing a third of the snaps on Sunday. And by the way, the wide receiver snap count chart, I think is just about right. I think they about got it yesterday. Now, so, um, I wrote a story about Rasheed Rice a week ago. Yeah, uh, it's on the athletic. You can you can go read it. Uh, they kind of referenced it during the during the game. Tracy Wolf's um, Tracy Wolfson. So um, it's just a, this is just a, just just a, a small anecdote, kids. Uh, I go through my questions with Rasheed. Uh, it's a it's a good back and forth. He explains things to me. Obviously, I ask follow ups. Um, I said, hey, thanks for the time. You know, you know what? Let me 
me come back to you. I got one more, you know? And also, this works in life. Always go back. Like, always say, you know what? One more. You know? You know, I know it's a job interview and you're interviewing me, but I just got one more. And I said, hey, who you are? Who's been the guy? You know, who's been the guy? Who's been the guy that, you know, I don't even like, you know, you know, you know, Rashid. Who's been the guy? Who's been the guy? He said Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I'm going to be he said Travis Kelsey. Hey, sometimes, and he said this to me, and I don't think I wrote it in the story, but it was just like, it was just um, kind of information for me to understand the thought process, right? And he's like, sometimes I'll listen to the coaches and then I'll bring that information right to Kelsey because Kelsey's on the field and he's run so many of those routes or he's run variations of those routes against similar or slightly different coverages, and I just want to get his perspective. So who the guy? Taking you under your wing, baby? It's Travis Kelsey. Guys, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes a burden that's never been greater. Never. Never been greater. And so Rasheed Rice says, hey, if I need a question about what a wide receiver is supposed to do, I just go to Travis Kelsey, guys. And look, that's fair. Completely understandable. Yeah, great. No, I would like Rasheed Rice to be talking to Travis Kelsey. I'm just telling you what he told me. Now, with that being said, also, look, dog, if the quarterback is going off the field saying, and I quote, because you can rewind it on CBS or wherever you record your football. Mute, mute, mute if you're about to, if you're driving in the car with some kids, you got 30 seconds. You got 10 seconds. He's, I don't know if he unbuckled his shin strap or if he had already done it, but CBS gets real tight on Pat. And Pat just goes, what the fuck are we doing? That is his quote. Word for word. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what are we doing? So, again, Richie James is supposed to be the Calvary. Drops the ball. Hey, Kadarius Tony got to get more touches. You know me, guys. I'm in camp. Kadarius Tony got to get more touches. But where is his foot at? Yep. Uh, hey, what about Sky Moore? Guys, if you watch the fourth down play, the fourth and 15 play, Sky Moore is open for a split second running a deep dig. He did not get targeted. So, look, I'm just supposed to provide the information as it is. If you watch the spider cam on all 22, Sky Moore runs a great route, gets around the safety, gets under the, or gets around the corner, runs the safety on the on the nice dig, about 15, 16 yards. He didn't get targeted, guys. What, what do you want me to say, all right? Uh, maybe Justin Watson can get more reps Oh, by the way, uh, Justin Ross just came off the commissioner's list, so... Hey, stretch out those hands, son. As uh, as Charles Amina, who said with absolutely no self awareness whatsoever, three eight. That's where we're at. Hey, he's free now. That's the por- That's the portion of the welcome to the portion of the season, everybody, where we have arrived. Where the Kansas City Chiefs lost a football game to a team whose head coach had to apologize this week for using the nine eleven terrorists as a good example of teamwork. 
and and, and, and rode off into the sunset like a hero yesterday. Yeah, it was all about rallying around the stupid, stupid thing your head coach said a few years ago, uh, surrounded by a lot of other, you know, real legitimate questioning of his professionalism. And, and you know, they're playing with Von Miller on the field. Meanwhile, I- Justin Reed is is finding his inner honey badger. He's being the agave hamster or whatever. And and he's tweeting at fans about being bums. And uh, MVS is pretending he doesn't know that his season's been a dumpster fire. And uh, this is where we're at. This welcome to the season, everybody. The vibes are horrendous. Um, so the best part, I love the, I love the take us into the locker room, fellas. That was about us. Way to rally. Said we could get this victory. Um, there's nothing better when um the camera is also showing you that hey man these these dudes ain't playing for you, coach. No, they not, they not <laughs> playing for you, baby. They not playing for you. I know you got to say something. They not playing for you, coach. They trying to get an extra paycheck called the playoffs. Okay, like they not playing for you. They playing for their own personal pride because they 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 don't want to lose to that team. Okay, that's what they playing for. They not playing for you. And fellas, Come on, we will, we will never cease firing. And speaking of cease fires, yeah, that's the guy. That's the he's he's gonna go ahead and you're gonna you're gonna win the Super Bowl. That guy. <laughs> Look, man, the AFC is wide open. So look, let me paint a picture, Josh, of optimism. You know, let me shine it up real nice. Are you ready? Yeah, I'll take whatever you can do, guys. There's still one game up in the division. You thought the division was wrapped on Halloween? Yeah, I sure did. It's almost Christmas, and they're still leading the division. Um, when you look at who they are competing against. The last vestige of what this team can hold on to in their bosom, close as it gets warm under that hot fire of the fireplace. When you're in your deepest thoughts at 2 a.m., what they can carry with them, we've done it. We've done it. All I got to keep seeing is we've done it. We've done it already. We've done it before. We've done it before. They haven't done it before. We've done it before. Like they just, oh Lord, we've done it. We've done it. We've done it before. He's still healthy. <laughs> He's still a great coach. We still got Chris Jones. We, 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 we've done it before. Lamar Jackson hasn't done it yet. Done it. Tua took a Lola. He ain't even, he ain't even playing he ain't even played in the division around yet. No, it's new to him. Uh, Trevor Lawrence? What did he do? Like, you just gotta, you just gotta really carry yourself. Get in that fetal position to rock back and forth and say, we've done it already. We've done it. They they haven't done it and we've done it, baby. Who the sixth seed? I don't know, but they ain't done it yet. They ain't done it. <laughs> Are the Colts gonna get those playoffs? I don't know. They ain't done it yet. Is CJ going to lead us in a play? He ain't done it yet either. Hell, he ain't even been there. Oh, that feels nice. That feels warm. Just tell him myself, Lord, if I pray to you, you know, you've done it before. You'll do it again, Lord. You'll do it again. Because Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback for the team that I root for. And he's done it already. He's done it already. He'll do it again. Now, when we get to the Super Bowl, I don't know what's going to happen, guys. That's that's the problem. The, the NFC. The 49ers exist, and 
stop rocking back and forth, turn off the fire, and start thinking of a vacation, okay? Yes. The Super Bowl representative of the AFC is almost being lined up to be slaughtered. Okay? Um, now, look. That's all they got. That's literally all they have. All they have to hold on to. Hey, NBS, remember, baby? You blacked out. I don't know what substances we gave you, but can you can you snip it again? <laughs> like, come on. Give this man a bump. I don't know what it is. But look, Lord, they've done it before. We've done, like, all they can say is we've done it. Don't worry about us. What time the game start? Where we got to go? We got to go to Miami? We've done it. They, they haven't done it. We've done it. Oh, man, we've done it. We, we've done it. And look, to be fair, that's all they can say to themselves. And they have four weeks to add something to that. Hey, we've done it before, and we've stopped turning the football over. Hey, we've done it before, and we at a higher rate than we did before the first 14 weeks of the season. That that is that is my sermon of optimism, guys. It's just get yourself in that blanket. If you have COVID, I'm sorry. If you don't, get next to the fireplace. But just just rock with it. Just start praying now that Lord, you've done it for us before, and you can do it for us again. Because what other what other what other how else can I how else can I help these people go forward with their day with their lives with their season, Josh? No, that's. That's the message. Um, I will I will uh, offer one further message, which is a little note for the people watching live right now. Uh, after we wrap up here, we will do the drawing for winners from the Soul of KC uh, raffle. Awesome to go be a part of that at Dick Sporting Goods to do some shopping on behalf of the folks at Operation Breakthrough. It was a great experience. And so we will do the drawings for those coming up here right after we put a bow on this show. If you're watching live now, don't go anywhere, and uh, we'll uh, we'll give out some great prizes. Hopefully, you watching will uh, will be among the winners. And with that said, Nate, I know uh, I know Seth has a big project in the works that'll be hitting the Chief of the North newsletter very soon. I know you are itching to get back out on the field, so to speak. <laughs> and I can't believe it's Monday. It feel I feel like I have lived a week in the last twenty four hours, just the way that this game went. And I think rocking back and forth and holding the Chiefs' recent success to your bosom is probably the best any of us can do. So um, with that being said, again, we'll do the drawing here in just a moment. But Nate, for the official end of today's episode of Only Weird Games, you can't do better than the bosom. But uh, what else can we say to get people out? Um, I just want to encourage everybody to watch the All-22 of the playing question. Guys. He's he's better than we all think he is. He caught a pass, evaded two guys from tackling him, saw attracted a third from tackling him, and threw a in the moment off platform spiral on a dime to Kadarius Tony. A throw so good he had to catch it. <laughs> A throw so good, there's no way he could drop this. No way. Everybody know my girl in the stands watching. We just introduced her to football. She ain't ready for this, y'all. 
he ain't ready for this. Look at this with the game on the line. Guys, he's better than we all think he is. Travis Kelsey. It's it's a play that is never. We can never talk about it enough. I honestly believe that. We can never talk about that enough. That play was going to do the same amount of psychological damage as the 13-second game to that team. Because how in the world does he have the presence of mind and the gall and the audacity to throw football in that moment across the field to a guy who drops late game passes. It's if the Chiefs do something in January, it is because Travis Kelsey is better than we all think he is. And if they don't do anything in January, it is because that is the official turning point of the season.